Counsel Podcast is a show dedicated to individuals and mental health professionals, providing support, information, and some candid conversations along the way. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle and Seth. Here we are. Here we are. Episode, episode two, three? Three. 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 Three of this series. Episode three of the Trauma Trials series. It's interesting. I can't even, I can't, didn't even remember what episode it was. (laughs) What's going on with that? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, it's been a week. And then some. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. That's certainly how it's been feeling lately. Um, Nothing has been feeling light. Everything has been feeling heavy. Mm-hmm. How have you been doing? I'm snowed in at the moment, so I went a little stir crazy. I think it was Tuesday. What is today? Thursday. Tuesday. I had been home for a couple of days and not been able to go out. And I finally said, "That's it. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to Target." It took an hour and a half to get all the ice off my car. Oh my gosh! An hour it, and a half. It was two inches thick on my windshield, and I had no idea that you're supposed to put the windshield wipers up. You know what I mean? Like sticking mm-hmm. up. And so they were like iced down. Like I couldn't get the car doors open. I was so afraid I was going to break my door handle. So I'm out there with cold water pouring it on the door, trying to get the door to open. And my son finally had to come out there with something and pry it open. So we didn't break the door handle. Then I had to start the car and I got defrost on the front and the back going at once. And I had to wait for that to start working. Meanwhile, I'm still pouring cold water over both of them. I'm chipping with an ice thing. An oh hour gosh. and a half. An hour and a half. I'm going to guess this is a new experience for oh, you. Completely. Having, having lived in California for us. For how long? How long were you in, how long were over you in California? Over 30 years. Over 30, 30 years. So, so I haven't seen ice or snow like that. I mean, I did when I was a kid. But the, the funny thing was I had totally forgotten all of this, how to deal with all of it. You know, so I've now I've been getting advice. I've got friends here. One's like, "Oh, well, take some you know vegetable oil and put on the rubber seals around your door. They won't they won't stick like that." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, put your windshield wipers up. You know, oh, okay, um, you know, cover your windshield. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. But what you should not do, and I found this out the hard way, is as you are chipping ice off of your car when it starts coming off in big blocks, you should get the hell out of the way because when it falls, uh, it falls yeah. on your foot and it hurts yes. like hell. <laughs> I have a so, bruised I mean- foot." <laughs> So you, I mean, so that had to be quite a bit of ice. I, to, it was a to, it was a shit ton. I could not believe how much ice there cause, was to cause a bruise on the on the foot. Oh my I, god! It, it, I'm not kidding. It was an inch and a half, two inches thick. It was crazy. Really? It was I'm, crazy. Is that because it got cold so quick? It um well, it, it, the temperature hovered like right at that 32, thir- between thirty and thirty two mark. Right. And so the snow that was coming down was actually sleet. Ah. So it's. It's freezing yeah. rain anyway, and then the temperature dropped drastically that mm-hmm. night, and so everything. And then it did this two or three times. Yeah. So you ended up with these layers, and the icicles hanging off the off the house were two and three feet long. Mm-hmm. It was just and but here's what I keep hearing: this is really unusual for the us. And I'm like, you know, god dang it! I heard the same thing in August when I got here, and it was so damn hot I couldn't breathe. This is really unusual for us. I'm like, you you all are either having a banner year or you're lying. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> no, I think that there's been some serious changes in temperature yeah, across the board, um, which, yeah. you know, is always interesting. I like to sometimes say to my parents, I like to pick on them about not believing in global warming, right? And they're like, <laughs> Seth, it's so cold outside. I'm like, you don't understand. It's not It's not global warming, though. It's climate change. Right. Yeah. It, they, they started off with the wrong terminology. That's why everybody makes fun of it. The the climate is definitely changing, yes. and really, when you see those the polarity, right, of it being so hot to being so cold, mm-hmm. how's this? You know, being snowed in, given that you're not accustomed to this, how <laughs> how you doing? Like I said, I was going a little stir crazy, and I, normally yeah. I'm good at home by myself. I'm I'm fine, but I go to the gym every day, and I wasn't able to go to the gym. So oh. so here's my rationale: I'm supposed Uh-oh. to have my workouts go Monday to Friday, but I always do Saturday as well because I need the structure. Right. I don't need my structure to fall apart. Right. So then I have Sunday off. So of course this all started on Sunday. So Monday when I got up, I couldn't go to the gym. It was closed. They closed it down. So I'm like, well, okay, this is really like having a Saturday Sunday. So I'm okay. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's fine. Then when I got up Tuesday and I couldn't go to the gym, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is no longer funny. I'm sick of the inside of this house. I really want some junk food. If I'm going to be stuck in the house, I'm going to eat some damn junk food. <laughs> As you should. I, right? And so, again, I had to go through this tremendously long exercise to go to Target for 15 minutes. That was mm-hmm. my outing. There was hardly anybody else in Target. It was just me and a couple other stragglers in the grocery section. A <laughs> couple other stragglers. <laughs> yeah. That's so we were. And, you know, there wasn't very many people out on the road. Now, once I got out of my neighborhood, the roads weren't too bad. But there mm-hmm. was ice everywhere. So... And of course, that's another whole experience, driving in the ice and the snow. I I don't know how to do that. So I'm having to learn and I've done all right. But then yesterday, they opened my gym back up from nine to six. And so I, my car was still cleaned off. Nothing new had happened. So I went and got that in. And then last night it started again. And it's it snowed so much last night. I think we got like nine or 10 inches last night. Oh, my, oh I wow. Yeah. yeah. So now the ice wasn't as bad today, but my son was out there clearing off all the cars and, you know, pushing snow out from under the tires or everything. We had to move my daughter-in-law's car in the garage because now there's some ice damage to something. She has a Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. Some kind of ice damage there. So now we've had to get that in the garage so it doesn't get damaged further. And it, it's just, it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. So I'm okay because I've had friends calling me and, you know, we've chatted, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Marco Polo and text and everything else. So it, that part's not too bad. And I've got a lot of work done, which is good, but I, it really has messed my head up not being able to go get my workouts in. So I was curious because, you know, for you, you know, the gym is, I want to say this in a way that's respectful. <laughs> it, it's like, uh, <laughs> it it's keeps just, the crazy away. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of. What do we call that? Like when the pandemic happened and we shut everything down except Mm -hmm. for the what type of businesses? Essential. Essential. You Mm -hmm. know, I think in your life, the gym is kind of an essential business, right? Well, it is because that I, I do use that to help with anxiety and depression. So I don't take medication. So this is part of my therapy, if you will. Mm -hmm. So if I go several days where I don't get that in, it is detrimental. Um, so yesterday being able to go for several hours yesterday was very, very helpful and hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to go. I'm hoping. We'll see. So the temperatures are supposed to be a little higher tomorrow, but they're going to plunge tomorrow night. They're supposed to be like 10 degrees tomorrow night. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. (laughs) Up home, I was just talking to my parents. I think they've had like negative 27 at some point. Yikes. Um, Again, that's, you know, in the middle of the night, but that's pretty, that's pretty, it's pretty cold. Yeah. It's, it's definitely chilly. (laughs) But I think things are supposed to, here in St. Louis, I think things are supposed to, to warm up um, essentially this weekend, um, yeah, Saturday well, or Sunday. I was looking out several days over the forecast, and by next Wednesday, we're supposed to be back up in the 60s. So, yeah. you know, this is this has been quite the drop, but hopefully we're going to come back up to about right. what should be normal. Hopefully it's just a cold snap. Oh, my God. But then everything's going to be slushy and mm-hmm. gross and ugh. So anyway, it's not fun. But but I did read something today that I, I had to stop and laugh. And then I had to go share it uh, with my son and my daughter-in-law. Apparently, all of this weather across the nation is mm-hmm. man-made. Oh, it is. And it's all to keep the military from helping former President Trump regain his office. No. Okay. Hold up. Rewind. <laughs> Rewind, 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 <laughs> rewind. It's so this cold snap is yes. man-made. It's man-made. Because of why? Because this is a way to interrupt the military's efforts to reinstall former President Trump back into the office of president. Oh, so this is a Biden It's a conspiracy. Against, uh, right, against the liberals. It's it Seth, he's going to be president again by March 4th. Are you not paying oh, attention? I forgot about the March 4th. Thing. No, anyway, this is, uh, I, again, I, I try not to even read into all that stuff. Whatever. People believe some stuff. Whatever. But this was a new one for me today, that this that the weather snap that we're all experiencing, especially the state of Texas, this is all, all man-made. Well, that so. Texas mayor. Can I just really, before <laughs> oh. I even get into my oh. mental minute, I mean, can he we resigned. even just... Uh, like immediately. I mean, he I think he was too. receiving death threats. <laughs> and I think there may have been a, a, a race undertone to that because I think Possibly. a lot of the people without power in Texas are not Caucasian. I think it's well, a large African American uh, population. So well, if you now, read that tweet again, it, yeah. read it in a different light. 
you're right. Especially the call outs on laziness and yes. using yes. and abusing the system. Like, uh. But now here's the truly unremarkable thing. Yeah. Ted Cruz then says, here, hold my beer. <laughs> and flies to Cancun. And flies to Cancun. <laughs> Gets on a plane out of Dodge. What the hell? I love that that got videotaped. And I love that I knew that that is where you were going. Like, I've seen the pictures and the videos of him on the plane packing his bag. I mean, in honestly, the over- we shouldn't even be laughing because it, it's so ludicrous. It's so absolutely immoral and wrong <laughs> that we shouldn't be laughing. But there comes the a point insanity in which I, of doing something like that. There comes a point in which there just aren't words. <laughs> I mean, in what realm did you think that was smart? I don't think the man... I- I haven't seen Lizzie do you see what's happening can you hear it I I heard something there is gonna be some noise for a few minutes uh, what is she doing it's this thing oh fun but she drags it around the entire house that's so cute though she's like a dog yeah my dog just leaves a my dog just leaves a bone in the middle of the floor and we all trip over it and then curse a lot so where were we we were talking about Ted Cruz lion Ted Cruz Right. The, le- the last thing I saw earlier today was that he said now he's not running for re-election. <laughs> I, would hope I don't know not. if that's true or not. Who knows? But I hope that that is true. He needs to be out of politics. And well. if he remains in politics and continues to receive support, I have far more concerns and questions about the American people. Like, Well, apparently he has some concerns about the American people, too, or at least the people of Texas, because as he flew back in, he requested a police escort from the Houston Police Department. <laughs> He's like, you all need to come over here and make sure I'm safe because I've pissed off a whole bunch of Texans. <laughs> you really can't make this shit up. Like, uh, you it, can't. I mean, you can, but what's the fun of that if it's really happening? <laughs> and I hear Trump was in a limo recently. There's new rallies and stuff that's being kicked up because of him, and he's going to rallies and waving to the people. Yeah, like, I, Sure. I, go I, ahead. I, if I, it floats your boat, go ahead. But I, I, I. Anyway, right. that's just a nice, natural little bit of entertainment in the middle of our... <laughs> of our snow and blizzard in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, what the hell? Why not? <laughs> right. Well, I'm just enjoying talking about Lion Ted Cruz because it's a good uh, stalling tactic. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't want to do your middle minute. I don't. <laughs> do friggin' bad. Get busy. <laughs> we kicked off a series. We kicked off 2021 with an entire series on change. Right. And that... There is still a lot of change happening in almost every facet of my life. Right. And in talking about, I mean, even in the weather, right? Yeah. My company, again, things are ever progressing. Um, They put out a thing today, reorganization of all kinds of people have been promoted to new directors, like people that I work with. And I'm like, that's nice. Kind of wish that would have been me. (laughs) But, you know, you do what you do what you do. And I made another um, big change. And it was a change that I felt I needed to do for me. And I'm still very much processing everything. So I'm not going to provide too much detail because right. I'm still emotionally working through the aftermath of my decision making and, and clearly the situation at hand. Right. I have been part of another podcast for the last three years, and I have decided to step down hmm. and really kind of focus. Was it was very hard for me. Um, it's it's been it's been a difficult time. Um, it's been an emotional time. Right. But I'm really just trying to focus on what I need and what's going to be the most beneficial for me as I move forward. And yeah, and, and I think that's really healthy. I, I mean, I look at that and I think, yes, I get it. It's incredibly difficult. Uh, it's it's very disruptive to to your normal pattern of life. Yeah. But at the same time, I really think it's it's a good, healthy thing. I mean, to to put yourself as the most important thing that you're trying to work on right now. I think that that's very healthy. Yeah. I just I fear lost relationships and and yeah. what can come of that. But yeah. Anyhow, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. Work has been very, 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 very busy. And truly, things are ever evolving. And yeah. lately, it, it doesn't always seem like it's good things. Uh, there's There's been a lot of uh, stressful things and 
one my the director that actually hired me uh, is leaving the company after twenty five oh, years. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, I regard her as one of the most ethical, client centered, and uh, employee driven people I've ever met. She's one of an inspiration. In fact, I would not be in the position I have now had it not been for her. Right. And so, the you know the the landscape is going to change. And, mm-hmm. and it's difficult. So I've just really been focused on connecting and staying connected to my support system, the people that I, that I really value as my best friends and mm-hmm. spending time. I've had people over, I know we're in the midst of COVID, but we're all kind of doing that circle thing in right. which case, you know, we're not really engaging with many people other than our right. tight little circle. And so um, trying to spend some time there. In fact, I even had a friend who was off work today who came over because I have an hour of lunch for corporate training. Mm -hmm. And so she came over for at least like 30 minutes and hung out. And I found that to be really uh, beneficial. And I'm I'm really thankful that she did that because I kind of needed that uplift, you know, of, Mm -hmm. of support. But I feel like I've shared enough in regards to my (laughs) mental minute. And I think it's time that we move on with our conversation on trauma. Michelle, what are, where are we going next? Because Last week was lizard brain versus wizard brain. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing this week? Well, we kind of introduced the subject last week. Of course, we dealt more with the brain science of it last week. As you mentioned, the lizard brain versus the wizard brain. And, you know, that that midbrain area in which we react from, you know, where we're not very much in the cerebral thought Mm -hmm. process. But we also alluded to the fact that there are chemicals released in our bodies, that there are other systems. Right. There's other systems that are being affected because of trauma. So we thought that this would be a good opportunity to go a little deeper into that side of it, that there's a physiology that goes along with trauma and that we have to be aware of some things that are happening within our physical body other than just in our brain as we're discussing trauma and its effect on us in in this general sense that we're trying to do right now. And Lizzie is joining us. Yes, she is. Uh, (laughs) Yes, she is. (laughs) She's going to choke you out. So... I, I think it's important. I mean, we talked a lot about the physiology, right, of right. the brain. And I'm not just going to summarize exactly what you just said. I think you did a great job on that. <laughs> so really, we're going to focus on essentially everything else that's right. happening in the body, both um, on an emotional level, we'll touch on a little bit, but again, looking at the physiology. But right. before we jump into that full discussion, um, I do want to just review All right. that research has shown that over 70% of individuals have experienced at least one traumatic event in their lives and 30% have experienced four or more. Right. Now I'm curious about that because as I read that, I was, I, what occurred to me was when they say that 70% have experienced at least one traumatic event, what about the people that are experiencing ongoing traumatic mm-hmm. events. It, where do they fall? Are they in that 70% or in the 30%? I don't know I how think, you would define that. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's not as though it's one and done. Right. You know, and I don't know that, I, I mean, maybe you can classify it as four or more because that it's ongoing. There's, you know, different yeah, instances of an ongoing trauma. But then you also have to think of how the survey was done. True. Right, because the question is probably specific situations, not specifying what's currently happening. So mm-hmm. I, again, we yeah, would okay. really need to look at the research methodology mm-hmm. to really understand, you know, to really figure out which category it's right. in. I would have to say though that I find it, I find it strange that the larger percentage of people have only experienced one traumatic thing. I'm having a hard time believing somebody has only experienced a single traumatic event in their life. Wow. And maybe that's just because I have a skewed perspective, but I mean, that seems astounding to me. Mm-hmm. That actually seems like a big positive thing in my, in my, in, in my, uh, in my perspective. So when I'm also trying to think of, again, the research methodology, because there's a difference between objective traumatic events yes, you're right. and the subjective experience of what I've been through. Sure. You're right. But but again, you're still talking about, I mean, if if you're still talking about individual experiences of trauma, so as as it says there, the 30% having experienced four or more instances of trauma, Mm -hmm. 
that seems like it'd be the larger number to me. It seems like there would be far larger number of people that have experienced multiple episodes of trauma, not just from a subjective place, but an actual individual occurrence of trauma. Right. But again, you're right. that It's how, how they focus the study, I guess. So I'm just saying in regards to those percentages, um, I'd want to look at that. But I actually yeah. think that 70% is coming from the ACE study, to be honest. Oh, okay. I'm almost certain there was a 70% in there. Did you um, ever, did you take the ACE? Yeah. Do you remember what your score was? Zero. Seriously? How is that possible? Mm-hmm. Is it because of the, the specificity of the question? Yeah. Because they were pretty specific on the instances. They were very specific on the instances. Yes. And so I don't, I don't hit, I'm not, I have a zero. Huh. Yeah. So if anybody's curious about that, if you go look at that test, it's very, very specific in the question that it asks if you've had this occurrence in your life. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, I had a 10 as a score. I literally had a 10. I just sat there and laughed when I got done. I'm like, I cannot freaking believe this. <laughs> but that was what struck me too, is how specific the question was. Right. And, as and to an it, occurrence. And again, it's specifically specifying what happened in childhood. Right. And and the That's questions are very geared to specific types of abuse and neglect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are typically at the hands of family. Right. And while I feel as if I've been through quite a lot, it was mm-hmm. never it was never an attack towards me. Most of the trauma I experienced was internal, quite honestly. And yeah. it was religious religious yes. in nature and it had to do with my peers. Right. Not so much my family Damn. of origin. Well, and that, but that's a good point to to bring up with that. Um the idea that you're you're right. Those questions are specific to things that happened in childhood. Not everybody who has experienced trauma had that in their childhood. Yes. It may have happened later in life. So even some of the specific instances that they that they cite and are ask you about may be true, but not in childhood. Right. So you may you may have had that ability to have that score, but it, because of that specific nature of a childhood qualifier on it. Right. I mean, the study, the A study stands for Adverse Childhood Experience mm-hmm. Study. Like it mm-hmm. is specific. Specific to childhood. Yeah. To childhood. Yeah. And I think that my trauma really deals from the religious aspect. Yes. And belief system and how that played out in realizing I was gay and that mm-hmm. everything that came with that. Right. Further... I have a traumatic brain injury. Literally, exactly. right. it's in the title. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's the first word. Right. Traumatic brain injury. TBI. I have one. So that also plays a role. Right. So it's not always even, you know, the emotional aspect or, or specific types of abuse. It can even be that. But the ACE study doesn't address that. Right. Yeah. It, it's not asking that specific right. question. And so, uh, yeah, I had a zero. Uh, well, but again, so all those things matter in that discussion. And I, I, however, did have a 10 because the majority of the traumatic stuff in my life was in childhood. However, it was wrapped up in the religious stuff, too, as I got older. So mm-hmm. it kind of continued on for a lot of years. Right. Um, but it, its foundation was in that childhood time frame. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting test. But like I said, it was very specific. So um, when I. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was just. This is a direct quote from that book um, I've been reading called Trauma, mm-hmm. Healing Your Past to Find Freedom Now. I, this book is amazing. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. And he, def- uh, the two authors, uh, define trauma. And I just want to review that as we, yeah. as we begin the discussion. Um, that trauma is any event. Now, again, this is a direct quote from Trauma. Mm-hmm healing your past to find freedom now trauma is any event experience or situation that overwhelms our ability to cope and process what's happened to us whether it's a one-time event or something that happens repeatedly over time the trauma becomes so deeply devastating and hurtful on a mental emotional physical and or spiritual level that we lose a sense of ourselves. Mm -hmm. If trauma goes unresolved, it can get stored in our systems, our bodies, minds, and nervous system, causing long-lasting effects in our lives. Yeah. I like that definition. Yeah, it's very thorough. And it brings to mind the, the the other quote that you shared with me the other day about a chiropractic adjustment. 
Mm-hmm. And I literally, as you shared that with me, I laughed because I was like, oh my gosh, my first chiropractic adjustment was, I was 20, was 20 years old. And oh. my, my, he was my future father-in-law at that time, um, is a chiropractor and he adjusted my neck and I cried for 30 minutes. I couldn't mm. stop crying. And so when I thought about it, I thought it was just because I was scared, but, and, and it, there was probably some element of that. But then I had to wonder, like, wow, I wonder if that was unresolved trauma, I you mean, know, because it was very emotional. Right. And and so speaking to what you're saying, so our listeners know, in this book, they mm-hmm. go into talking about how uh, trauma often gets stored in, like, in certain areas of our body. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you're noticing um, a lot of neck pain or back pain, and that's often in, can be indicative of trauma, which is interesting because I would never think that. Mm. They go on to share that with masseuse and chiropractors yes. um, that are moving your muscles, they're getting deep into like your, I don't, your, you know, mm-hmm. your those tense areas of your right. body. It can often result in a massive release of emotion, mm-hmm. and that is trauma leaving the body. Well, several years ago, I used to do uh, a lot of, I did a lot of classes with my daughter. We went to do yoga classes together mm-hmm. and we had actually had a yoga instructor who, who actually spoke to that and said that they're often a lot of times as they're working on loosening hips and IT bands and all of that stuff that women will begin to cry yeah. and they know that there's, there's some form of emotion that is stored in that part of the body that when you begin working on those muscles and loosening them up, that releases that. Mm-hmm. And at the time I thought, whatever, you know, but I actually think there's validity to that <laughs> because the more I've Fair. experienced that, the more that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's very interesting how, yeah. and it's actually fascinating how our bodies function like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so. When I think it also speaks, which I want to say self-protection, but then I'm like, that doesn't make sense in this context, well, but I, our bodies do interesting things. A lot of it's around self-protection, and it's interesting when seeing when we've been overloaded, what the body does. Right. And and that has been fascinating in, in talking around trauma, and I don't think you can talk about trauma sufficiently without looking at that and mm-hmm. looking at the areas of how it doesn't just affect our mind, but affects our entire self. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Further, he goes on to share that trauma can cause self-loathing deep shame and Mm self-hatred. It's the root of many unexplainable and often untreatable illnesses, diseases, autoimmune disorders, and Mm -hmm. mental health issues like depression, anxiety, panic attacks, and even suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. As I was reading this, I, I focused on autoimmune disorders. Well, yeah. It hit me too because I have one. So. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I immediately thought of you is what yeah. I'm saying. As yeah. I was reading this and I was like, oh, Michelle might find this interesting. Well, yeah, because my autoimmune is relatively new and it, it still was confusing to me as why I had not, why that had not been a lifelong experience, why it would suddenly mm-hmm. be there. And, and and then at the time the doctor told me, well, it's possible that, you know, you just, you know, one too many occurrences of, of gluten in your diet pushed your body and it stopped knowing how to turn off the immune response. Well, maybe, but maybe it was all built on the the condition too that I've been working on a lot of stuff and maybe that right. trauma revisited. So who knows? You know, but yeah, I found that interesting as well. So, so I was like, oh, Michelle. I'm just a big bag of mess. <laughs> but it would make sense, Michelle. You have a 10 on the ACE score. I know, I know. <laughs> so, you know, it it does kind of fall in line with with yeah. the research we're we're sharing. Well, yeah, um, and and it's been the last few years, of course, that I've really started working on, you know, trying to understand myself better and coming out of the whole religious, you know, the religious stuff and trying to question that and find the balance of that in my life. I'm sure it probably did cause a lot of turmoil. So, who knows? Oh, this okay. Sidebar. <laughs> house therapy. It's good. It, it's good. I had to do Zoom yesterday because I couldn't get out of the house. And actually, right. I was okay to leave, but she had an issue at her house. So we ended up doing a Zoom. I, I will say that I don't appreciate that way of doing it. That doesn't work very well for me. I tend what? to get distracted easily. Oh, um, you mean doing- When I'm not sitting face-to-face with somebody. Doing, okay. um, Yeah. Don't and, Yeah. 
And, uh, but it's, it's going well, but she, she brought up some stuff that I thought alluded to a lot of what we're talking about today too. And oh, really, yeah. And I thought that was very interesting that, that she kind of went there as well. And of course she talks a lot about the midbrain, which we talked about as being a lizard brain, mm-hmm. um, but she calls it the midbrain. And we talked about the idea. She, she said, you know, I, I told her I'm, I'm catching a lot of these thoughts as they're happening. And it's not so much the thoughts, it's the behavior. It's that triggered behavior. You know, and so the faster you catch that and you deal with it. And so she, she gave me some exercises to do. And she said, what you're basically doing is you're pulling that response from that midbrain into the cerebral cortex and you're Mm -hmm. forcing your logical mind to deal with it. And it really made a lot of sense. And so I'm, I'm working on that, but it's, uh, it's still a process, you know, because we're still working through identifying things. So, right. And so even kind of using that as a segue, which I know we talked about this last week, but Mm -hmm. there are different types of trauma, right? right? And in this book I've been reading, I really liked how he conceptualized this. He talked about big T versus little t. So those big T's are those frightening, disturbing, and often life-threatening events, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas the little T, the little trauma, are often prolonged things that happen repeatedly and are commonly dismissed. Mm -hmm. And I think I've had a lot of little T's. I I looked at it, and as I read that, I realized I'd had a lot of both. Really? And Yeah. And, um, I mean, there was so much physical abuse and violence in my childhood. There was sexual abuse, you know, so, so sorry to hear that. Michelle. Well, it, it's just as I've never been, I've never been shy about saying that, but there was so much of that. And that's the stuff I think that's still sitting there. That's become problematic. Mm-hmm. However, I'm sure it's exacerbated by a lot of the, the little T right. trauma and, and there's almost a part of me, and I don't know if anybody else is going to hit anybody else this way, but it, it felt almost like in differentiating the two, somehow one was less important than the other. And I wanted to say that I don't think that's true. I think, no, I don't think either side either. of that, big T or little T can be just as damaging to somebody because it's subjective to each one of us mm-hmm. and what we're well, able to take. So, Well, absolutely. And what's interesting, and see, I didn't read it that way, because it talked about how the little T can often be dismissed Mm -hmm. as if it isn't, but that's that's where it gets dangerous. Well, of course, yeah. Because we will will be like, that's not affecting me, this isn't a big deal, and then over time, as you add more and more and more, it gets to the point of feeling completely overwhelmed and then not being able to identify what it is because we've never been able to say this is a big deal. Right, yeah. And that's where I think trauma can be really tricky because we don't know Exactly. a lot of the time. Now, I will say I had a small amount of chuckle here for a minute. Not because I really think it's funny, but it's so ironic that in both Big T and Little T, the mention of a pandemic. (laughs) So I thought, oh my gosh, we're all screwed this year. (laughs) Well, okay. I checked the date of that. this book. This Uh book was written because he had research in there from 2020. And I was like, so this book just came out. Okay. So that's why he's including that. that. I think think so. I think (laughs) that was... It is traumatic. And I think that we do have to recognize that. And for some people, that would be a big T trauma, for, especially if they've experienced COVID mm-hmm. personally, or right. a little T trauma in, in the fact that your whole life has been disrupted and there's and we've been cut off from relationships and, and normality. Right. So, you know, I thought, it, but anyway, I kind of laughed a little bit ironically. I was like, oh, look at that. He included pandemic. <laughs> and I figured it had to have been written pretty recently. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, I think it literally came out like a couple of months ago. Okay. <laughs> But I was trying to get a book that would speak to relevant issues. And well, I think I... Well, that's relevant for sure. I think I found one. Yeah, you did. It's relevant. (laughs) And again, I can just keep going. I've got all kinds of notes here to really talk about uh, what changes. But again, I'm kind of just quoting this author. I don't want to just... I don't want to copyright. Uh, But... I'm kind of giving him all of his, of his. Well, you're giving him all the credit. I mean, it's I his mean, book. You've you've said what the book is, and I'm yeah. sure you'll put it in the show notes too, right? Oh, so, I will. Don't okay, worry. Then. There'll be a there'll <laughs> be in the show notes and, and a link and everything. And he mentions that judging our trauma only leads us to judge ourselves, and I I think that's very yeah, insightful. Yeah, it des- definitely needs to be um, said because often we do that almost subconsciously. 
Yes. Right. And we dismiss it and mm-hmm. invalidate it, right? Um, and he, he goes on to say that when we do this, that when we judge ourselves, uh, it, it leads us, to, when we judge our trauma, it leads us to judge ourselves, making our journeys to recovery and resiliency mm-hmm. more difficult. And and I, I think yeah, that's a good call out. And I like that your notes, you go on to say that it, we're supposed to see it neither as big nor small, bad or less bad, painless or painful or less painful. And again, that's where we get into that judging situation where we often mm-hmm. are comparing and contrasting with other people or even within certain experiences that we have. And we're deciding that something's good or bad. And instead of just saying that they all are just what they are. And I think it's important that, you know, I saw something not too long ago and I I started to share it with the group and I, I, it wouldn't let me share it, but that, that trauma is not a competition, you know, or it shouldn't Mm -hmm. be a competition, you know, but when people bring up trauma, immediately somebody wants to share their trauma. And then before you know it, it's, it's almost this competition of, you know, who had, who's had it worse. Well, that's not helpful for anybody because again, trauma is specific to the person. And so everybody's trauma is important, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I feel like I'm feeling a little bad because I think we've been talking for like 40 minutes and I haven't actually gotten into physiology at all. So, so I want to, I want to do justice for this and jump in, but so we're just going to look at other areas of the body that can be affected. Odd stomach and bowel ailment mm-hmm. ailments. Uh, wow, I need to say that again. Odd stomach and bowel ailments can be symptoms of trauma that have manifested as gastrointestinal issues mm. and inflammation, specifically gut issues, autoimmune diseases, and weight mm-hmm. loss problems are real, and your unresolved trauma may actually right. be the cause. Um, there's research by the Mayo Clinic that has found that both trauma in childhood or adulthood um, are common with people with IRS, I mean, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, That is actually very common among Mm -hmm. uh, trauma sufferers. And I had no idea about that. It's interesting when they find those correlations because, you know, typically Mm -hmm. we tend to look at anything physically related as it's just physical. It has no manifestation in the the mental or the emotional. And yet your body does work all together. So why shouldn't there be some, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way of saying it, cross-contamination between? <laughs> I would. You would. You would think. And the- yeah. yeah, go there. Cross-contamination. Go there. I mean, it just is Let what it, it is. I mean, you know, how many times have you been emotionally upset and you have a stomach ache from it? Well, there's a, there's a reason for that. There's a physical mm-hmm. reason for that. So when I frequently, I mean, I'll share. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot of anxiety. And I'll yeah. vomit frequently, actually. And that's where this gets, uh, the, he goes on to share from the, um, about this mm-hmm. microbiome, which is mm-hmm. part of our body. And again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into this, but he, it really speaks to inflammation, which is what's happening there a lot of the time. Um, but I'm gonna, again, I'm direct quoting. The microbiome consists of hundreds of good and bad bacteria, viruses, fungi, and other tiny microbes that live in your stomach, colon, and entire gastrointestinal tract. It helps you digest food into minerals, vitamins, and nutrients that you need. However, an unhealthy microbiome biome is, am I saying that right? You are, yeah. (laughs) All right, is out of balance. And this Imbalance can be caused by many things, such as uh, food even, but the more that you live in a fight, flight, or freeze zone or state, and we we talked a lot last week about fight, flight, or freeze, but the more that you're in that state, the more at risk you are of disrupting your microbiome and creating an environment where inflammation skyrockets and inflammation while we need that and it's good it's actually protecting to some regard when we have too much of it it kind of causes our systems to crumble right right well and this is of course the experience i have having celiac Um, gluten any introduction of gluten into my system starts that autoimmune uh, response in which my body creates all these white blood cells increases inflammation and literally attacks my own body and mm-hmm. it destroys the lining of your entire gastrointestinal tract. And in doing so, there's no absorption of food or water, or very little, depending on how severe the damage. 
And yeah, it removes that microbiome. It destroys that whole microbiome system so that you literally ha- are left defenseless in- within your physical body. So that's why you'll see, you know, when you're trying, anybody that's had any kind of flu-like symptoms, a lot of times introducing like uh, good bacteria back into your body is helpful because your mm-hmm. body has literally gotten rid of the bacteria that is beneficial to you. And in the presence of inflammation, a lot of that is dying off. So you you definitely right. need to have inflammation, but too much of anything is nece- not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. So that inflammation can be very, very disruptive to your entire body. Right. And when we have too much of that inflammation, it can often result in physical symptoms. As mm-hmm. we mentioned, um, IBS, irritable mm-hmm. bowel syndrome, which is kind of disgusting to talk about, but it's, I mean, it's a fact of life is, for a lot of people. It's a, it's a fact of life. So, so too much of this inflammation can cause IBS, um, constipation, nausea, diarrhea, and even pain. Mm-hmm. So if you see like a common trend with any of those issues, give it some you thought. Know, may, <laughs> It, there, it could be 100% physical, but there, you might want to look into to maybe there's some trauma response happening mm-hmm. and specifically looking at what's your body experiencing with fight, flight, or freeze. Right. Are right. you constantly in that, what Dr. Rutan calls it, the hot, what did he call it? Mm, the, I don't remember. Hot system. Like yeah, when I you're know what you're referencing. System, but... Hot system dominance. Uh, when you're in that state, uh, when you're in that fight, in that fight or flight, mm-hmm. it, it can cause those issues. And then also looking at prolonged stress and continuing to remain in that state, which we mentioned this last week, but it can result in the production of cortisol. Tell mm-hmm. us about cortisol again. Well, cortisol is, is, of course, we, it's generally known as the stress. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not a hormone. The stress chemical, body chemical. And, and I think I even mentioned last week that I misunderstood that and thought like if you had, if you had high levels of stress or anxiety that your cortisol levels were always too high. But it was pointed out to me by both a doctor and my therapist that no, you may have too low cortisol too. Your body may not be right. functioning, creating that body chem- chemical in, in the right way at all. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can show up in either way. Typically though, you will see high levels of cortisol with people that with a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And of course that, produces several different things. One of the most common, and maybe, I don't know if a lot of people know this, too much cortisol in your system can actually cause middle weight gain, you know, in your middle, right around the organs. It creates this environment where there's a lot of fat buildup around your organs. And that's a lot of times based on the body chemical cortisol. So it's, Uh it can be, it's necessary to our body. It's part of our body chemistry. But just like I said before, too little or too much of anything can cause an imbalance that's detrimental. Yes. So. Absolutely. And what I found interesting, and again, I'm not a doctor. Okay. I am a <laughs> licensed clinical social worker. Right. <laughs> but in reading research, um, this cortisol affects your, and you've already mentioned, you know, that it, it can lead to an increase in weight around your gut. Mm-hmm. But it also like, can affect your gut lining. Yes. Which is even more interesting. So think of your gut lining as a barrier that regulates what leaves your gut and gets into your bloodstream to get to other organs. Um, in a healthy biome, your gut lining is solid. Nothing gets through that. However, if it's not, things can... Right leak and i don't want to be disgusting but it's true it can be called leaky gut yeah there's leaky gut syndrome is actually a thing (laughs) again is it really yes it is i don't even know yes it is and and again these are things that a lot of people are experiencing and may not even understand that you know what is happening in their body they just i have an upset stomach you may have ibs you may have leaky gut syndrome you may have a lot of these things and the root may not just be physical it may be this emotional or mental uh side of it so these are these are all things that are normal in your body in a trauma response. So mm-hmm. you know, that's something to consider. Right. And and in talking about leaky gut, which I it's kinda of, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I wanna right. repeat that. I'm an LC. <laughs> well neither am I. So <laughs> But when you have this leaky gut, it's interesting because bacteria, particles, and undigested food molecules, fungi, and other elements can leak from your gut into your mm-hmm. bloodstream and get carried throughout your body to places where they definitely should not be. Right. And because of the direct link 
between your gut, and this is where this gets really interesting, mm-hmm. the direct link between your gut and your brain, all the things that should stay in the gut travel through this like polyvagal pathway and can hit the brain, right. leading to exhaustion, brain fog, confusion, and depression. Right. I had no idea about that. Well, that's one of the things that they've talked about in medical in medical science for quite some time is that your gut controls so much of what happens in your body from yeah. top to bottom. A lot of that is all happening in your gut. As a matter of fact, a lot of the chemicals that our body creates actually are done so in the gut, not your brain including, where you think. <laughs> including serotonin, yes. the chemical that makes us happy. Everyone always right. thinks about serotonin and the brain. You just brought that up. This is a perfect right. segue. Like we, like everyone always thinks about serotonin, the thing that makes you feel happy. Mm-hmm. A lot of antidepressants, what they're doing is they're literally right. blocking neuroreceptors so you have more serotonin in your brain at a given time right but it's actually produced in your gut that's right fascinating it is because immediately in my i mean my logical brain would say no that's a brain chemical why you know exactly. it has an effect in your brain but it's coming from your gut that's your endocrine system and that is where all of those a lot of those things are coming from as a matter of fact it was suggested to me years ago that the migraines that i suffered with had nothing to do with uh with my neck or my my brain in any such any in any fashion but had more to do with my lower thoracic and my upper lumbar system because it was affecting my gut and that there were body chemicals that were not being secreted properly. So it's a fascinating how all of this is interconnected. Mm-hmm. So, but serotonin's hugely important in mental health. Uh yes. <laughs> and that is why you are a bodybuilder, whether you know it or <laughs> yes, not. Yes, you're right. Serotonin is why you have that's why you go to the gym twice right. a week. And I didn't mean to say you have. Twice I was a day. not trying. <laughs> What did I say? You said twice a week and that would not work. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it releases, yeah, it releases all those endorphins. And, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your brain actually, your brain is capable of producing a lot of the same, or your body, I should say, is capable of producing a lot of the same chemicals that people actually go to drugs for. Right. But your body has to be working in the right fashion for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And exercise is one of those things that actually releases those kind of endorphins. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See, so, medical justification for me going to the gym okay, as that, often as I do. Mm-hmm, that. <laughs> now, see, you look, you look skeptical. <laughs> I think that exercise is great. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hear a butt coming. <laughs> I think that exercise is great. <laughs> However. There it is. <laughs> There is a point at which it may be too much. Possibly. I don't think I've hit that point, but I oh, can, I'm sure I can you be don't. wrong. I'm sure you do not think that. I, I understand that that is bones, where- I'm not breaking bones. I'm not pulling muscles. I'm not, it's not leaking into my life in other bad ways. So at this point, I think I'm still okay. So. By the way, I just like to give you a hard I time because it's fun. And I'm allowing you to, so. And I'm like the most- unfit person you'll ever meet <laughs> well so i don't know about that it's funny but <laughs> well i just refuse to to exercise even though i know that i i should so just to walk around the on. lake every now and then would be a good idea yeah no i couldn't walk for a week and <laughs> it was a good date don't get me wrong uh but anyhow so let's let's i want to come back to this a score and mm-hmm. autoimmune okay. uh discussion and again, I'm I'm relating the material I found in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but he reports that 64% of participants had it, which earlier it said 70. So it's either 64 yeah, or 70. it's one of those numbers. It's one, it's one of them. I mean, this is the same <laughs> sentence. But uh, whatever. 64% of participants had at least one adverse childhood experience. It also found that people with a high ACE score may be at a higher risk for developing autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. Research has found that people suffering from PTSD are also at a higher risk of autoimmune diseases. Right. And this is, and I'm really sorry, but I'm calling you out because okay. this next line, I, it's direct quote. Oh, uh, from I read a it. I know. <laughs> It's from this doctor, Dr. Uh, Kesha Ewers, or I'm not saying that name right, but uh, this doctor is the founder of the Academy of Integrative Medicine. And this quote states, I work with a lot of people with autoimmune diseases, and there are three P's for everyone with autoimmunity, 
perfectionism, people pleasing, and the poison of holding on to the past pain. I have the trifecta. What, what do you think of that? <laughs> I think it describes me to a T. So it's not yeah. shocking to me. And I will say this. You know, when we first began the conversation, we brought in autoimmune disease. And as I said, it was shocking to me that I actually didn't have this problem most of my life. What it says there is developing autoimmune. Mm -hmm. So these are things that can happen over a period of time or even later in life. Yeah. Because, of course, mine didn't happen until I was into my 50s. So or if it if it was there prior to that, it wasn't problematic enough that it was noticeable on any grand mm -hmm. scale like it is now. So I, I I fully identify with that statement. And I kind of chuckled a little bit when I read it in your notes because I was like, yeah, there I am. Look at that. Well, I, it's there in the notes for a reason, because mm -hmm. as I was reading this book, I literally we did an entire series on imposter syndrome. Yes. And we spent so much yes. time talking about perfectionism and people pleasing and holding on to the past. I and know. Having difficulty letting go. And I read that and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's reading me. And I think it's going to read Michelle yep, as well. Thank God so, both of us. <laughs> there you are. And see, now, if you're interested in what he just said, our imposter syndrome series, you should go back and find it because that was a yeah. good series. So It's actually probably my favorite. Yeah. I mean, other than what we're doing right now, of course, the current series that we're doing is, of course, my favorite. Yeah. At, the, at that moment but imposter syndrome series was really really good mm -hmm. i there was a lot of <laughs> there was a there lot, was of a lot of self-identification yeah, yeah a lot of self-identification <laughs> probably, probably was a little uh you know just hearing about all of seth's problems uh, so well. that made it fun <laughs> now this next part in regards to my notes i feel like michelle's already brought it up so maybe we can skip over this but <laughs> i i wanted to bring in the issues with weight mm -hmm. because it it can be impacted by trauma pretty significantly. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I think not only can it be impacted by trauma in a significant manner, I think that once you have weight problems, that you also are at risk for a lot more judgment from other or from society in general, whether the weight's mm -hmm. too high or too low. And because of that, it furthers that, that traumatic feeling that you're dealing with. And so it really doubles down on how you might respond to it. I mean, a lot of people, I think, just kind of shut down and decide they, they kind of go very inward. Mm -hmm. um, or at least that's been my experience with people that I've known that are struggling with weight is, is they become very, very closed off. And so right. the weight, of course, is, is physical in nature, but again, could have this foundational issue of some kind of trauma that is, is at its genesis. So it's something to consider. Right. And if trauma, which again, I'm saying if trauma, I'm going to say if you're struggling, if you are dealing with weight issues and you're struggling to lose that weight and there is trauma involved, please know there is nothing wrong with you. Right. Or, or your body. Right. Your body is actually doing something beautiful. Right. Um, it's protecting you. Yeah. From the pain. And it's built to do that. Yeah. Now, as we're talking about weight, though, and we bring it back to this very physical realm, again, you're going back to body chemistry. And, and we're talking about the effects of different chemicals in your body and cortisol being one of those, as we had already talked about. And in your notes here, you, you mentioned, and this is very interesting, that cortisol blunts your body's ability to register pleasure. So anytime yes. you're eating, you have too much cortisol in your system, there's a good chance your body or your brain is not registering how, any enjoyment to that process. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so in doing that, you just continue on because what the hell? I mean, I'm not, I'm not really feeling anything here. Right. I think the other thing too is, and I don't know if there's any data on this or not, but some people eating is how you, you deal with the trauma that you're feeling. Yes. It, it becomes. They, keep going. No, go ahead. Well, they're, they've found, and this is mentioned in a lot of the research I was reading in addition to this book, but mm -hmm. they have found that there is a, almost a direct tie between trauma and emotional eating. Oh, I would have no doubt about that in my mind. That It makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. But so, you know, it, again, these chemicals that are being secreted in your body have so much effect that we just don't even think about. And they're often controlled by our mental and emotional state. And so, again, the body is so integrated that you cannot just separate them out and say, well, this is a purely physical response or this is a purely emotional or mental response. It's your body is the total body. So it's right. all happening together. Now, again, you can do some damage to your body on the physical realm 
because of these body chemistry, this body chemistry that isn't functioning well. So again, going back to the cortisol, not allowing certain things to happen. This, any, any person that struggles with diabetes knows this, that your, your blood sugar levels, your glucose and your insulin levels in your body can really play havoc with how you feel physically as well. But again, those body chemistry, that those body chemicals all work together in some form or fashion. So there is a very real physical effect from you struggling with something that you really are not even aware that you have a, an issue with. Mm-hmm. We just look at it and say, oh, well, my blood sugar's off. So I, th- I'm having a physical reaction. Well, you are, right. but what instigated it? Mm-hmm. So it's and interesting. This is why um, as we seek to heal from our trauma, as we seek to take steps forward, we we have – recovery and moving forward requires a more holistic, balanced approach that bridges – the mental, emotional, physical, right. and spiritual bodies, and often goes beyond what the Western medical yes. uh, model has established. And and I very much want to encourage you that if you're wanting to work through trauma, to seek a trauma-informed therapist. Absolutely. Seek out help from someone that will view things holistically and not using a medical model and just focusing on one thing or the other. Like choose a trauma-informed therapist that uses a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. I think that's been a problem or that's been problematic for a long time. And again, of course, it comes with a lot of study that all these things are integrated. But for years and years, you, you, of course, the medical community was only keyed in on the physical, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the psychiatric was only keyed in on the mental or emotional and never the two shall meet. And so your point being that having somebody that looks at the total body is incredibly important. And the the studies and the data now is bearing that out. Whereas before, right. it, nobody made those connections or very few people made those connections. And if they did make those connections, they were accused of being a little wacky, you know, mm-hmm. or a witch doctor. Or, you know, there were lots of terms that were used for people like that. But they were actually right that this stuff all is working together. And so we have to consider all of it. And if we're going to legitimately tackle being healthy, it has Mm -hmm. to be healthy overall, not just healthy in one area, because you're never healthy in one area. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very interesting subject. Yeah. I think we've done it justice. I mean, I I feel as if we've, (laughs) I feel as if we've really, really explored this. And I have found this has been educational. I mean, yes. I've been doing a lot of reading for this and, and developing notes and really looking and, and it's very insightful. But again, we're not doctors. <laughs> Michelle is a student. Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm an LCSW. <laughs> uh, we're, we're going off of, of the actual research, not purporting our own, mm-hmm. our own conclusions. If, if you have enjoyed our show, and, and specifically, if you would be interested in our community, I want to let you know that we do have, it's becoming more active. And yeah, I've noticed that. And I'm pretty proud of our, yes. our mental Facebook community. Uh, but to look us up on Facebook, we have a page as well as a group that, that's, like I mentioned, getting more active. And we also have a hotline. And I want to encourage you to utilize that if, if you have any questions or feedback or things that you would like us to talk about. Uh, that phone number is 314-690-5005. You can call and leave a voicemail and text. That will come directly to me, actually. And I will respond to that as needed. Um, as, as I can and, and engage and answer any questions you have and even hear your feedback. Also, you can email us at admin at mental-podcast.com. Speaking of, we do have a new website. Yep. It is mental-podcast.com. I'm actually really proud of it. Yeah, you should be. You've done a lot of work and it really shows. Yeah. So. I, I'm, the, the website is actually a plethora of information, including resources that may be helpful for you today. So please feel free to check that out. And with that, Michelle, I'm going to give you the last word. What, what, what last word? On what? I don't know. I, I don't, I'm giving <laughs> you the last word. It's a, you get to make that decision. I have no idea what my last word should be. I, actually, I think we should probably mention that on the next episode, we're actually going to start talking about some forms of treatment for trauma. Yes. And uh, some of them are newer 
and we're gonna go into some of those ideas and kind of identify what they are and hopefully start kind of wrapping this part up and then we're gonna get much more specific into the different types of trauma in the upcoming months. So as Seth said, if you have some suggestions or ideas, please give us a call or send a text message or show up in the Facebook group and, and feel free to post there. That community is is actually thriving and I'm, I'm really happy to see that. So that's my last word. Look forward to the next episode. <laughs>